Before we start this episode, I want to present a basic concept from the arts world. The concept of the process. Often artists will have a question or a series of questions in their head. In order to answer these, a process of exploration and experimentation happens. And I was recently introduced to uh, an example of this. Last night, my missus, Maria, puts on this video of a guy with knives stuck to a DIY face mask, with which he then attempts to pop a series of balloons stuck to pieces of string. At first, this strikes me as quite absurd for a YouTube video. It then goes on to the next video, where I see him tape an axe to his shoe, whereafter he would stomp an orange, hitting it multiple times with the axe taped to his shoe. Once again quite absurd in my mind and quite random for a Thursday night of staying in with YouTube. After this, I ask Maria what the hell it was we were watching and she gives me this long explanation, which I will spare you for now. Basically, I was introduced to this Norwegian artist, Jan Hakon Eriksson. A quote from his website states him as an artist who works within a variety of media focusing on topics like fear, anger and frustration. He has spent several years perfecting DIY aesthetics, with found objects being the main source of work material. At a later point, I quote, At the moment, his main focus is making short destruction videos, which he posts every day on his Instagram account. On the next video Maria shows me, it starts with a picture of an origami fold, followed by a string of everyday household objects, like a ladder, a mob, a drying rack, a table, an ironing board, and a, a mirror for hanging on your wall. All quite ordinary objects, but he then goes into sawing in them, hacking them with a hammer and an axe, and bending them to exact measurements, all in an attempt to create this origami whale. Quite beautiful, quite cute. I'll drop a link in the description of this episode to those of you interested in this video. Now, the reason I'm bringing all of this up is to highlight some of the absurd lengths we, your dear host of the Muex podcast, go to in an attempt to try and find meaning in the songs of Mew. Particularly today, welcome to this episode covering Vaccine. I'm Thomas, and as always, I have with me my regular co-host, Heather. Hey. And Hi. And Otva. Hello. So, um, what are what is your initial feelings on this song? Um, yeah, I've I've always really liked this song. It's very danceable, fun, and it puts me in a very good mood. It's like one of those songs I wish they would play in a club, <laughs> kind of, and just like it would be fun to hear it somewhere else. It's just such an obscure song, kind of. You don't hear it anywhere, but I really love it. Not really. I, I always found it really anonymous. Like it's, it's one of those songs that just never do anything for me. I, I guess I guess we'll have to see where it goes. What about yeah. um, what about you, Anne? Well, well, before we started doing the whole research for this episode, 
uh, the song itself kind of gives me anxiety. It, it, it definitely brings out that sort of anxious, uneasy feeling. And I've always tried to figure out the lyrics. And until I started analyzing it for this episode, I never really had any kind of real conclusion about what it was all about. So it was always a bit of a mystery to me. I really like this song, too. It's a lot of fun to listen to. Um, But just like, and I don't really know if you feel the same way. But when the ending comes in, and it just kind of switches tone and everything, it kind of gives me this real weird, like mental barrage mm. of sound that kind of throws me in like completely out of this fun, bouncy feeling that I was feeling throughout the whole song. Mm-hmm. I can see that. Yeah, I guess for me, it's always been a, a bit of a, not a skip, but yeah, there's oh, something yeah, about I the last few songs on the album song. there. Okay, yeah, it's a 10 out of 10, I, I, <laughs> yeah. I predict. <laughs> yeah, of course it is. Of course it is. Just like uh, Vaccine is track number 10 on the <laughs> 2009 album, No More Stories Are Told Today. I'm sorry, they washed away. No more stories. The world is gray. I'm tired. Let's wash away. Henceforth called Just No More Stories. <laughs> it's produced by Mew and Rich Costi and released on Evil Office and Columbia. Best and You plays bass on the song, while Matthias Fries Hansen plays marimba, kalimba, and percussion. Vaccine was ranked at number 44 in our Fringers survey. The American electronic music composer and producer Eskmo made a remix of the song. Now, before we really start, I'd like to mention that we were actually planning to have a guest on here. A certain Tyler Horman had sent us an email uh, a few months ago about vaccine, where he, he describes how it helped him get through a really tough situation. And, and we were talking with him, trying like hoping he would be with us on the episode, but unfortunately plans didn't match up, and, and now we're doing the episode without Um but in, instead, we'll we'll read out his uh, his story here. At the end of October, my mom had surgery. At this point, I had been listening to Mew for about eight months, and while Normal Stories had been one of my favorite albums for a bit, I hadn't paid a lot of attention to a few songs on it. I remember listening to Vaccine probably a week before the surgery and really paying attention to it for the first time, loving the way it sounded. And then I looked up the lyrics. They kind of hit me because it talks about someone being in a hospital. And this person, along with the person singing, joking about it in an uneasy way. My mom ended up being in the hospital for three days. And at first I told myself that it wasn't a big deal. Nothing bad would happen. I was fine. But I was actually really upset for those days because my mom wasn't there. And my dad wasn't there because he was at the hospital with her. And nothing felt normal. So I turned to music and one of those songs was Vaccine. Because I loved the sound and the lyrics. I listened to a bunch of other songs as distractions, but Vaccine was one of the only ones I felt a really strong connection to. To this day, Vaccine is still one of my favorite songs by Mew and by anyone, and it always reminds me of this, but somehow not in a bad way. Before we really dig into it, 
I, I kind of want to make a little disclaimer here. Before we started recording this episode, we had been discussing back and forth what to do with this one because um, when we get to them, the lyrics are a bit of a mystery. We've all done a little bit of analysis, each of us, and, and done it in different ways. And I'm going to be interested to see how what we've all come up with. But we, we struggle quite a lot with it, and especially you, and uh, you talked about how it was quite a struggle. But I feel like we should just get Heather's analysis over and done with, because personally I don't think there's much to the instruments, but maybe you can tell me Ouch. otherwise, Heather? Yeah. Okay, so... Enlighten me, or enlighten us. I will enlighten you. I will enlighten you all. So as we've mentioned in other episodes, Mio has a way of throwing contrasting instruments and lyrics, oftentimes consisting of lighthearted melodies dancing with dark lyrics. This song is no different, and through my personal interpretation on the lyrics that we're going to discuss in the next segment, the lyrics are truly dark and tragic. It's no coincidence that Mew does this, since we know that they have the capability to create dark melodies such as a dark design and Chinese gun. As I've said before, I think this is intentional. Whether it be to draw a parallel of having a happy face while someone is going through turmoil emotionally, but since everyone sees the happy face, people just assume nothing is wrong. Or perhaps it's simply a coping mechanism to make light of hard feelings so that the impact is lessened. With all of that said, though, we found ourselves bopping along to this catchy and bouncy tune without really understanding what the song is about, which is yet another parallel to how many people are in their daily lives. So now to actually go on to the musical discussion. So Mew is a really big fan of the marimba. We've said this in previous episodes that this beachside relaxing instrument is used a lot. The song starts out with it and holds the place as one of the more notable instruments utilized and blends into the rest of the song as it swaps places with the guitarists. It rears its cute head once in a while, but then goes back into the fold. The song starts light and easygoing, then progressively seems to get more urgent as the vocal layers are added. Notice how the song starts, though. It's light, it's airy, and then the chorus comes in at full blast of layers, then to the chorus, which backs down a little bit, but then builds on top of the first chorus. The bridge pulls back in a contemplative way, which mimics the lyrics, which too sound really contemplative, like they were just brought back down to the reality. And Anne, I know you and I were talking a little bit earlier about something that you noticed in the background of the music. Did you want to talk about that a little bit? Sure. We'll get in, into the lyrics part of it in just a moment. But mm -hmm. there's um, that segment that begins that week you spent in the hospital. And in the background of that, um, segment toward like from that point on uh, all the way to the end of the song we hear this background percussion that almost sounds like an ultrasound with a heartbeat which I thought was absolutely incredible I I have not heard that I don't know if it's because I don't have Sonos speakers Thomas um, I have not <laughs> heard that either <laughs> I didn't I notice it admit. until I listened to it for about the 15th time today and I was like wait a second <laughs> I think that's 
one of the more incredible things about Mew is that no matter how many years you've spent listening to them, you're always finding new things, whether it's yeah. new lyrics yeah. or new sounds. Um, you're always finding something new and it, it unravels itself, mm-hmm. yeah. which like we're, we're going to talk a little bit more in the episode, more findings that just blew us away. And I'm going to be completely transparent with you guys that, you know, we, we were all talking about this over the past couple of days and we were like, what what do we do with this? We have no idea what the lyrics are about. And I'm like, well, I could do my, you know, my music theory analysis like usual. But we're just like, we, what are we going to do? And then just out of nowhere, we just got pummeled with meaning and, and new findings. And I just thought that was absolutely amazing. Yeah. So anyway, um, I could I could talk about that for <laughs> forever. So sort of just to start wrapping up a little bit because I don't want to miss out on the rest of the song so then towards the end where it switches tone all of a sudden and it's out of nowhere um the ending blasts you with this energy in your face and it does this time signature switch so the instruments play three measures of three eight and then the fourth measure is in five eight and again it sounds like there might be some sort of polyrhythm going on with the instruments playing their progression Jonas sings what sounds like a totally different time signature, but it actually isn't. We're barraged by lines and high energy riffs that are such a far cry from how the song first started. And the pacing is just so off that it sounds like a cohesive cacophony. So by sectioning off the verses, the chorus and the bridge by its respective energy levels musically, we can find a story in there. So when we go through the lyrics, we'll be able to see how the instruments and the lyrics are constructed to form a complete image. It's it's it sounds like it's very obviously some like the chorus has very obviously been recorded backwards in some sense, or at least there's been some sort of experimentation in the way that we saw on New Terrain and Nervous and as in the last episode, my complications where we talked about the. Uh, the final, the ending of my complications and how that's actually Western Silver Line Cops chorus in reverse, right? So um, it, it seems like there's definitely been something going on like that in Vaccine as well. But playing this this song, like playing Vaccine backwards, doesn't really give us anything. Like it doesn't, it doesn't sound like any other song we know of, at least. Uh, I don't know if, if I mean, I only gave it a, a short listen here before we li- before we started. I don't know if any of you got anything out of that backwards recording. I just got the the idea that the feeling of the song is completely different. It sounds happy and upbeat and carefree. It's totally the opposite of what it sounds like in reverse or played forward. Um, and there are parts of it where there's just like. A tiny hint of envoy to the open fields in parts of it, but oh. it's it's very tiny, tiny little chunks of it. So I wonder if they just if it was a coincidence or if they just picked and chose like certain. Yeah, maybe things. maybe your mind is making the, a connection. Yeah, that isn't there I, I, like, I yeah, I was you know looking so deeply into this. I'm probably seeing things that aren't there, but I did notice that it, there was certain parts where I was like, oh, that that feels exactly like that part of that song. So we were 
were talking about the way that this song is sort of divided into sections, the way that the vibe of the song goes. And when we were going through the process of importing it into a, an application so we can reverse it and listen to it, I noticed that the waveform resembles a needle or a syringe. So I don't like we've talked about whether that may have been intentional or not, but it certainly feels like it it was planned that way. I feel like it's too coincidental to not be. Yeah. Yeah, kind of. But at the same time, I feel like there are a lot of lucky coincidences with me, like the haiku in uh, Seething Rain, you know. Yeah, if you, but this if you, is a if you song want it to be vaccine. some of course yeah but <laughs> it's a picture uh, yeah. of what <laughs> but, what it's talking about but at the same time it doesn't really look that much as a syringe to me like where is the needle like is, is it beginning at the left side yeah, or the yeah, right side yeah 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 but it's, that's more it, like the that's more like the plunger to me and that's the, the needle is at the end on the right side where, it, where you can see it fades out i um, guess if i'm to play devil's advocate as well if we took introducing Palace players from the same album, mm-hmm. we would probably get something similar, right? Where it starts out for 45 seconds of just like fairly low yeah. sounding no- uh, music and then it kicks in with the guitar and everything after that. Uh, wouldn't that give us something equivalent to this as well? Entirely possible, yeah. We should yeah. try it and see. It's yeah, possible. Try and, and, see. And, but I mean, it's, it's also possible that it, it is intentional, but I just feel like it most likely is a lucky coincidence, but I could be wrong. I don't know. Well, there just... are lots of known um, instances of artists doing this sort of thing. You think of like Aphex Twin. He definitely mm-hmm. records pictures into his music when you look at the waveform. Right. That's cool. Or is it the oscilloscope version of it? I don't know. Anyway, you can see he's intentionally put these pictures in his um, mm-hmm. songs. That reminds me, I think, is it on the... The game Doom, the 2016 mm-hmm. version. Mick Gordon is his name. Is the musician's name. He, he uh, built in the six 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 symbol into yeah something. Mm-hmm. I, I, yeah, was it oh, the yeah. waveform? I can't remember or the what you call it. The oscilloscope. The, yeah, that one. Um, so like it became part of the the heavy rock music and that mm. that soundtrack. That's cool. Either way, I think it it it, sh- it proves just how how we've been trying to pull this song apart in in an attempt to try and find some some meaning here. Yeah, <laughs> whatever. take this as you will. Yeah, well, if we're out to talk about the the song title "Vaccine," like, can Heather? Would you just shortly like explain what is a vaccine, just so we are all on the same page here? Yeah. So the Actual definition of a vaccine is a biological preparation that improves immunity to a particular disease. A vaccine typically contains an agent that resembles a disease-causing microorganism and is often made from a weakened or killed forms of the microbe, its toxins, or one of its surface proteins. The agent then stimulates the body's immune system to recognize the agent as foreign, then destroy it and remember it so is that the immune system can more easily recognize and destroy any of these microorganisms that it may later encounter. So when I was thinking about what the song was about, I took it as like, okay, yes, vaccines provide an immunity to a disease. However, it also referred to something like a, a heroin syringe um, that makes the person immune to inner demons, turmoil, emotions, and memories. I feel like there might be some double meaning here as well. Mm-hmm. Like the vaccine for an illness, but also 
without spoiling too much about my view on the lyrics, I feel like it also could be like just a general vaccine for something that's fixed in like a relationship, something like that. It could fix a relationship hmm. between two people. Interesting. I actually thought when when we put the song so close to my complications. Um, actually, um, a little spoiler for all of you out there behind the scenes. Uh, look, we actually planned to cover this song before my complications, but schedules and guests and so on ended up uh, changing the plans. So now we're doing vaccine after my complications. Um, but in my complications, uh, a lot of the thematics seem to be revolving around the medical world with sickness and being hospitalized and, and that sort. And in, in that same vein, vaccine seems to operate or like it seems to revolve us around some sort of sickness um, or at least a vaccine is something that comes from the medical world as well. So that's why we, I personally thought we should have those two songs quite close together so that if there are any connection between the two songs, maybe we could, could get to it here. I don't know if any of you have thought anything like that. Other than them being about sickness, I don't see a big connection between them. It's just, I feel like that's just a theme that Jonas has to write about, but I don't know. Well, we have the character of Mary and Maria, yeah, which are that's true. just variants of the same name. So there's definitely that connection. I mean, Vaccine is obviously written just before 2009 or somewhere around before 2009, whilst my complications was obviously conceived in a, in a play session with Russell Lissack from from Block Party uh, many years later, so so there's probably not a direct connection. Uh, I just thought it's it's interesting that these two songs seem to revolve around some sort of ill partner or or something like in in that regard. Yeah, Jonas mentioned to us that he likes to like he wanted to make it like a universe of Sammy and Maria and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So we know that he is conscious of those to keep those similar names in different songs. So there might be like I I don't know even though it's many years later there might be some things that it wants to connect here but I don't know. So before we dive deep on these lyrics, we should probably just read them out. And do you want to take the reins on that one? Sure. Two words a day. It seems a waste. Can we go on it into your place? Quick is the passing daylight, and it's meant for you. What is left of me. Is it on purpose you cannot see? What is the reason truly? We know you, and it's true, San Marie. We helped you get to be all rid of now. It's gone for good. Where vaccine Maria, fit Maria, slowly searched the archless singing words. Don't worry, there were trips. See easy, there were trips. Now I'm lost. You now have to find me. When you gotta bring it over, the feeling isn't over, and we can't create, still in your mind's eye, and your retina is clouded, we made a joke about it, it was funny, kind of. We lost the plot, we plumb forgot, for all those tasking hours that stopped, quick as the passing daylight. When your day is wrong, and it speaks to you, we know you're after some kind of truth. What is the reason truly? We know you, and it's true, San Marie, we helped you get to be, where vaccine Maria, fit Maria, slowly search the archless singing words. Don't worry, there were trips, see easy there were trips now, 
even when she has no wish for arms. When you gotta bring it over, the feeling isn't over, and we can't create. Still in your mind's eye, and your retina is clouded. We made a joke about it. It was funny, kind of. Still in your mind's eye. When you gotta bring it over, the feeling isn't over, and we can't create. That week you spent in the hospital. I was so scared you'd disappear. Did you know that? We cope. It's to pieces now. The diligence of hope. And me, the worst kind of person a person can be. Some prize. But through your eyes, I'm a wholly different size. Maybe we can make it together? Thanks, Anne. Um, I, I feel like I want to start here because uh, I uh, I am, as you might have heard in the beginning, I actually, after Maria showed me these, Maria being my missus, she showed <laughs> me these um, videos by this Norwegian artist. I then like, okay, uh, did you want to help me out with this Muse song that I'm about to talk about in in the in tomorrow? And uh, and then we stopped those videos, so they were totally unrelated. But then uh, we put on the song, and I showed her the lyrics, and re- she read through them and that. Um, and then she started tearing the song apart, essentially saying that it's all nonsense. And I think her quote was "radio porridge," <laughs> like it sounds like radio porridge. Okay. And then she pulls out this book by this artist um, and, and reads me a couple pages, which kind of explains what what was meant by that. You know what? Let me just let me just get Maria. So, yeah, when I when Thomas like showed me this song um, or let me listen to this song, I was just like, what the heck is this? It doesn't make any sense. And then Thomas was trying to make sense out of this, not, like, senseless lyrics like they just didn't make any sense to me at all and he was just totally reaching to try and make any kind of sense out of these words and I thought that was kind of funny and when I read them and and we were talking a little bit and I just remembered I'm sort of trained in in contemporary theatre and I come from um, a theatre school and we did lots of writing of our own texts and and lots of things like that and um when I listened to this and read it, I was just like, it sounds like he's been on a, a process of writing of like, when we were in, year, in third year, we went on a process where we were like going into the city and collecting texts from the city and then putting them together to make some kind of absurd nonsense text that we then performed for each other. And it kind of reminded me of of something that like we might have written at that point because <laughs> it just was like lots of little fragments of things like it wasn't any finished idea there was there was never really like one idea you could follow all the way through it was a lot of little bits and um when we talked about this I was reminded of this book by Tim Etchells and he's kind of in, in this book he's describing a lot about the work of this really influential performance company Forced Entertainment um and this company is super like if if you've studied drama at at all, contemporary theatre or theatre, you especially in the UK, you'll have definitely heard of this group. Like they're they're just pretty influential generally in contemporary performance. And this text he talks about um, how he makes a text for performance and how where it, where it comes from for him. And uh, he talks a lot about uh, this thing called radio porridge, which is something that his son kind of discovered like they were he was talking with his son and they were talking about different kinds of porridge and then his son says that 
will have radio porridge with voices in it. And he gets a bit interested in this idea that the voices in radio porridge are just from everything and everywhere. And it's just like a collection of of voices from dead people, stray signals, lost letters. And it's just like this collection of, of words that just exist in the world. And he just is, yeah, it's just like something that you just collect. And uh, it says something, there's something really interesting he says here. And it's like, um, yeah, uh, I could get excited by a gabbling voice composed of scraps and layers, fragments, quotations, no editorial or at least no center. Like, I don't have a voice. I'm just a space this other stuff is throwing, flowing through and lodged inside. And I just love that idea of like, this collected texts and, and it really reminded me of this of this um the lyrics for this song like they just seem to be like lots of little bits yeah i definitely just see what you mean there mm. so he might have been like my 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 response to this was then so that he might have been sitting in a hospital and like just reading signs and listening to a radio and there might, might have been a TV on the, in the waiting room and someone might have walked past saying something and all of that has just kind of gone through him and then onto paper and then worked and reworked. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause when I was, when I was thinking about this, I was thinking like the, there seems to be like a process behind writing this. It's, it seems like it's more about a process of, of writing it rather than like what it actually means and we were talking a lot about like um it's a conceptual song potentially if this album is a little bit more i don't know left field i don't know what it what we said about this album but it's got a bit of a different feel than other ones i suppose i think i explained it because obviously um maria isn't a big Mew fan. She is by extension of because she knows me um but i obviously went in and explained how we know this album was really hard for them to create and they it is not a live album. It is a studio album, right? It was created in studio artificially. All the songs are like hardcore experiments that could almost only be done in a computer. So the very fact that this could be a reading of the song, that it is more of a construction or forced construction or exploration of some idea more than it is trying to be a coherent song makes a lot more sense. Um and might even explain why it's not connecting with a lot of people. It's not one people remember. It's not one they mention from this album when they talk about it. They've never played the song live, which we forgot to mention anywhere in this episode. We're not going to talk live versions because there are none. Um, So, yeah, that was kind of what we we talked about. I definitely uh, agree with a lot of what Maria and and you, Thomas, said. Uh, Because when I... Read through the lyrics, I tried to gather some kind of theme or some, yeah, what, what find out what the song was about, and I just felt, felt Ooh, like, I, yeah, sorry. Before you get into it, I think one last thing you mentioned, Maria, was when, but like you read the lyrics and then you realize, okay, this is my what what was going on, but then you hear the song, and it's not song in the same way. It's almost, I I think I called it the misheard lyrics the song yeah yeah like there's yeah. a lot of things like mm-hmm. personally i never heard the word truly i heard drewy the name oh. like drew yeah. so for me suddenly there was drew in there along with maria and marie and when he sings where vaccine maria fit maria it's more like a vaccine maria like yes. he's trying to say we are but it's not what's written 
And then you said something, Maria, about the words that kind of you you could catch just listening to the song. You would hear things was it like meaning, truly, you know, stuff that like yeah, now obviously we haven't just listened to it, so it's a bit hard remembering all the words. But a lot about truth and questioning meaning, questioning meaning. Yeah, like that's just they were just the words that really stuck out to me when I was listening to this was like truly and meaning and truth and and the rest of the words, it was just like his voice was just an instrument. It felt like it was just like, you know, in, in Sigurós when they have that like fake Icelandic, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. it kind of felt like fake English. <laughs> like yeah. It was just like this. That was kind of my English point as well. Yeah. Yeah. That it's just English that's made to sound good. It doesn't really matter yeah, what it means. Exactly. It's just an instrument. It's, uh, it's just words that fit in with the melody he sings kind of. It sounds good. It sounds poetic. It sounds really good the way he sings it. Uh, just and then, yeah. then there's the line: "We helped you get to be rid all rid of now." Like it's it's such a awkward line to even read, but and and when he sings it, it's not what he's singing. It just doesn't sound anything like it. Um, and then there's that later on, like slowly searched the archless singing words, mm-hmm. which is also sung in quite a peculiar way. And I just remember yesterday, Thomas super reaching because he was really trying to make meaning. And he's like, yeah, that totally like it could mean something. I'm like, no, be honest mm-hmm. with yourself. This is this means nothing right now. Like this is gobbledygook. Like stop <laughs> trying. <laughs> you can try and you can make meaning. Of course, you can try and find these things. And it's like seeing, you know, it's like that human thing of seeing faces in, in everything mm-hmm. because that's what we're trained to do. Like yeah. we're trained to find meaning or try to find meaning in things. Yeah. And there's also this great thing in this in this article, which is kind of a bit of a side, but he talks about how um, he heard about this prison and in one room found this nonsensical gibberish text in this in this prison and apparently the prison guards used to read this this gibberish text to the prisoners to to torture them because it was like the the language was just nonsense and it like just it was just like listening to it was just a torture to hear these random gibberish words and i just remind it just made me think of this song like it's just mm-hmm. like it's so close to meaning something and it's so like you really want it to mean something and it sounds like it should but it just doesn't <laughs> like to me anyway like other people might have a different opinion but in my head like yeah. it is meaningless <laughs> and they even made a joke about it it was funny kind of That's right. <laughs> they they even put it in the lyrics right the yeah. the whole questioning of meaning and such so yeah with that said i don't know if you have anything That's to add so to that interesting that what I mean, and I completely, completely understand her perspective, and it, and it does offer a totally different perspective. But where she's saying that there is no meaning, I actually found a lot of it. Yeah, same. <laughs> yeah, I did, I did too. But it might be way off. Like it's just my meaning to it. It just mean that it's the same. What did so. I tell you? <laughs> no, but it mean like lyrics are supposed to be like just your own opinion. It's not a fact. It's not, Jonas right. wrote the lyrics, and it's not like we're supposed to know what it's about. He mm-hmm. knows what it's about, but mm-hmm. we can't know what it's about. So. Sure. Yeah, so that's what I mean. Yeah, like, yeah, okay. my opinion it feels, of it. Yeah, it feels like in in this context, like we've really been ripping and tearing the song apart just to try and find the uh, concept behind it, right? Like, yeah, it would be great if Jonas could just say, like, "Oh, with this song, I was trying to this thing," 
whatever mm. that thing may be, right? Mm-hmm. Um, where in other songs, at least so far, it seems like we've definitely kind of known the context, like Carry Me to Safety. It's like, yeah, it's a twist quest. There was also really recent and obvious. Yeah. Like they feel like they're about Bo and like introducing Palace players, which is from the same album as, as Vaccine, right? Where it was once Anne is like, it's it's about Johan leaving. Like it, the context of the song became very clear. But we have don't have that context for this song, so. Um, but I, I, I just thought it was really interesting that way of working with material. In this case, that material being words, and his 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 way of working is music. So, or if he's he's been trying to explore some sort of theme or musical idea or something, and this is what came out of it. Vaccine, I mean. Um, so yeah, I, I guess if we try and keep that in mind, maybe it you can apply it in your theories. Yep. I don't know if Maria, you have something. You look like you have something to say. I think it's just that thing of um, about like meaning and things like that. Like it, it does, it, of course, it has like meaning, and it's not completely nonsense. And I don't want to like because they think that people who find meaning are like stupid in this or whatever. Like because it is <laughs> there is meaning in it, and it and it's that thing of like we can i i think you know we we find meaning in things and we that's what we're good at as human beings like we we which okay okay thomas is just talking about that norwegian artist um but yeah so like this thing about like um yeah finding meaning and making meaning like it's one of our one of the great things about being human like we want to understand what we hear and and he, and i think that's another thing that i love about this um this Tim Etchell's article, how he talks about how um, our sort of language is, is like he's in, he's interested in the inadequacy of language and like how language isn't really built, you know, it's not good enough for the job it has to do. Like it's a, mm-hmm. it's a really blunt tool for this fine thing of communicating thought and communicating idea. And there's something really kind of poetic about this this thing of language being our only way of communicating our thoughts and ideas and it's actually not perfect so like I don't know I just I just really enjoy like thinking about these just like hearing letting language wash over us and like just allowing the feeling to stay rather than necessarily like trying to pick through meanings sometimes like I I quite enjoy that in my like when I experience art yeah Hmm. I feel like that's a conversation that I could probably talk about for a really long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Because you raise me, me such too. great. <laughs> I, I mean, you raise, a, you know, absolutely incredible points. And you know, my my initial reaction is like, well, you know, there's art, there's music, there are you know, like things like that that are more mental and they're not language, but they still convey thoughts and all that stuff. But then again, you know, that's that too is also a a blunt tool, as you said that that communicates but is not the most efficient way to do it because there is a language there but then it's lost in translation because those things are subjective so language is the only tangible way to communicate our thoughts and our emotions and our experience and is not a a complete and efficient tool so to present that idea and sort of uh apply that to a song like this really adds an interesting layer but i guess i guess i'll uh I'll say thank you, Maria. Um, now we've I've put them in their place. So uh. <laughs> th- th- thank you for for 
listening to to my ramblings. I'm going to go back and go back to sleep now. All right. <laughs> Very nice to meet Good you. Good night. Yeah. <laughs> I'll let her. I'll let her let herself out. Yeah. Uh, would you take my cup with you? No. Oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the door's closed. She's left. I have nothing on the lyrics except I brought in Maria and got some interesting takes on how it could be read and how it could be understood. It's more of a piecing together of materials such as sound and words and and meaning and then maybe even a hint of joking about it and and questioning truth and meaning. Whilst you guys might have dug more into the actual words and what's said and what story is being told or whatever. I don't know. Yeah. But that was another thing we, we talked about. It's like, yeah, we kind like you can kind of try and force a story onto it. But like at at some point it's gonna it's it's just overreaching, right? Like you have yeah. you have to make start making up stuff on your own. Which can be might be the point, right, of the song that the point is to make stuff up on your own to make it mean something to you. But at the same time, if we are to take it at like pure objectivity, we can only we can only use what is actually there. So we can only take the words that are actually there and create meaning. If we're trying to search for whatever Jonas was trying to convey, we would have to use the exact words that are there. We cannot make anything up ourselves. So, so that's obviously where the thin line is. So with that in mind, it might give a different reading or a different perspective on what you guys then have to say, maybe starting with you, Adva. Right, so I, I totally agree with a lot of the things that Maria said. Uh, I definitely feel like, as I mentioned as, as well, that uh, the lyrics are written down to fit the song and the melody more than it has a bigger meaning. But I've, I've, I've found some meaning, but obviously it might be completely off and I might be wrong here. But um, when in the first line, uh, two words a day, it seems a waste. That just gave me the idea. Okay, this is uh, a relationship between two people and they don't talk to each other. They're in trouble here. Uh, so, and then one of them falls ill, I'm guessing. And then things change because their relationship was in turmoil. They they weren't speaking, and now they start to kind of have to talk again. Now they start to reminisce about how things were in their life when, in their lives when uh, you know back in the days when they fell in love and all that stuff. And they just basically just talk about all the happy things and the things they could have done. And they, towards the end, you you would expect that person to maybe die, as it always goes, you know. But then the person is out of the hospital. It seems like it's, yeah, the person was only a, uh, for a week in the hospital and everything is back to normal now. And the person didn't die, but it's it's left wounded. The retina is clouded. Maybe that person, yeah, has lost some vision. And, and the narrator is relieved that the person didn't die. But at the same time, it's like, now you have to live with me for the rest of your life. And it's very self-deprecating and... Uh, now they had to figure out how to cope with each other again. They might have to go back to not talking, but you know it's better than being apart and not being together. They figured out, yeah, we belong together, even though it's not perfect. Kind of um, like when it's at the end here, we cope. It's the pieces now, the diligence of hope, and me, the worst kind of person a person can be. Like that's very, 
to me that's very Jonas-y, the way he's <laughs> self-deprecating and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um now that you you mention it, there is a lot of reference to sight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Retina being clouded and but through your eyes I'm a whole different size. Mm-hmm. And like there's some sort of reference to yeah, to blindness or is is yeah. it on yeah, purpose sight. you cannot see? Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. I guess the, yeah, the person could have been completely blind now. I don't know. Yeah, and then the line, uh, even when she has no wish for arms, that's you know very confusing. Is that her limbs, like the arms on her body, or is that? I feel like that could also be like weapons, but probably not in this context. Um, and then it also seems like it's uh, being recorded in reverse, or at least like it's it, the whole chorus there, as we mentioned earlier, like it's come out of some reversal experimenting and um so there might not be some deeper meaning right here i feel like that's just the words that jonas figured out when they played it backwards and yeah it just fit them in and they sound cool but uh, it, to me it's a song about the relationship that's that's in trouble but it feels like it's uh, also a very like a, a song about two people that belong together and choose to stay together although they just because they they are better together than apart kind of heather you want to build on that yeah so i have an entirely different take than you guys so when i was saying before that um in the song title analysis that you know perhaps it's a vaccine but it also can be a um another word to describe heroin so that's kind of the filter that i used in my interpretation so I sort of broke this down like segment by segment, right? So kind of going with the drug theme, um, saying two words a day, it seems a waste. Someone that kind of, you know, maybe it's a friend that they haven't seen in a long time, but they kind of show up at their door and it's just, you know, wanting drugs and saying, you know, like, I I don't want to chit chat. Let's just go inside and just shoot up. And the next part where it says, and it's meant for you, what's left of me. I had to sort of grammatically fix it a little bit so that it would make more sense. So I took that as what's left of me is meant for you. Um, It could be sexual. It could be romantic, but maybe a close friend who's also a drug user. So then the next line where it says, is it on purpose? You cannot see. I had to fix that line too and reframe it as I'm doing this on purpose. As in, can't you say I'm doing this on purpose? Um, Sort of that that expression goes that goes bad company corrupts good character that maybe he fell into this life of drug use from being around Maria a little bit too often. You know, perhaps they did have a really close friendship, um, but she disappeared because of her drug addiction. And so the only way for for him to be a friend to her was to start using as well. Um so they kind of just fell into it together. Then moving on where um we know you and it's true San Marie. San is a prefix meaning saint. You know, you think San Francisco, San Antonio. It's Saint Francisco and Saint Antonio. Um, So perhaps Marie is a drug seller. The we in the song are those who are selling drugs for her. And then moving on where it says, we helped you get to be all rid of now. It's gone for good. To mean that they got rid of the drugs. They sold it. Um, Then... Wear vaccine, Maria, fit Maria, slowly search the archless singing words. So I also noticed that wear 
is sung really distorted. There's a distortion put on that word. And also in slowly, there's a distortion put there as well. So it seems like where vaccine Maria is an incoherent sentence produced by the drug's effect, maybe. Um, and it's meant to say, where is the vaccine Maria? So kind of eliminating some of those words in the sentence, where is the vaccine Maria? It's where vaccine Maria. So like you can kind of think of it as a child that doesn't really know English or or, or doesn't really have the, a good grasp on grammar just yet. So that's kind of what I took of that. And then the next line, slowly search the archless singing words. There is a noticeable alliteration of S sounds. And so alliteration is when you have repeating consonants. So you hear slowly searched the archless singing words. So there is enunciation on the S. So in alliteration, um, the S sort of creates this mood that is um, that attributes to a snake-like quality, which implies slyness and danger. So that's what I took from that. And don't worry, there were trips. See, easy, there were trips. Drug trips. Um, now I'm lost. You now have to find me. So now this person is completely out of it. And now they need to kind of be snapped out of this drug trance. Um, then moving on, when you got to bring it over, the feeling isn't over and we can't create. It being drugs, but the drug's effects haven't quite worn off. And now they're looking for another high. So when they're trying to say, and we can't create, it could be, you know, when you use drugs for a long period of time, or even even something like coffee, you get desensitized and you have to drink more of it to, to get that that feeling that you once had when you were kind of like a beginner user. And your retina is clouded. We made a joke about it. It was funny, kind of. Some drugs can cause disorders in the eyes. Um, it could cause cross vision, blurred vision, loss of sight, perhaps even cloudiness as well. Um, Moving on, we lost the plot we plumb forgot. That's sort of being in that drug-induced trance where you kind of don't really function anymore. Everything sort of blends together. Um, plot meaning, like, what's your purpose in life? Something like that. Um, and all those tasking hours that stopped. I always thought that line was for all those tasking hours outside, which makes sense with the next line that says, quick is the passing daylight. Because I'm thinking, like, you know, maybe they're selling drugs on foot. Um, you know, they kind of lost meaning in, you know, in, in selling drugs to, you know, within their community. And then when your day is wrong and it speaks to you, we know you're after some kind of truth. What is the reason truly? I took that as maybe Marie is starting to question or maybe the other person is starting to question their drug abuse. And maybe now they're starting to realize I need some help. Um, they're exploring options of getting better. Even when she has no wish for arms. So I kind of skipped over the chorus because we went over that. So this next line was a little weird. But if you're thinking about this in, in a heroin sort of way, people shoot up in their arms. Um, mostly. I know some people shoot up in the legs, but more commonly they shoot up in their arms. So, and that's interesting because your your arms are where a doctor administers vaccines. Um, but in this case, the vaccine is heroin. 
And maybe she wishes that she didn't have arms because they're littered with drug tracks. Or maybe she's essentially saying, I wish I didn't have arms because then I wouldn't have to inject myself. And moving forward, that week you spent in the hospital, I was so scared you disappeared. Did you know that? Now Maria is in the hospital from drug overdose and that this friend is afraid that she was going to die. So like I was saying in my analysis earlier, the song pulls back a lot and is sort of contemplative. So there's this sort of like snap back to reality that, you know, now she's in the hospital and there's this this fear, this panic that she was going to die. And then uh, at the end where it sings, we cope, it's to pieces now, uh, the diligence of hope. So I'm thinking this is, you know, dealing with loss or feelings that the drug had numbed, but there's that small beacon of hope that helps them carry on, that diligence of hope. And me, the worst kind of person, a person can be some prize. So... Those are two separate ideas. So there's me, the worst kind of person, that's a self-reflection. And a person can be some prize. Like now this person realizes the value of a friend's life, um, how fragile it is. But through your eyes, I'm a whole different size. Maybe we can make it together. So this can either be literally because of a, a disorder in her eyes or it can be a mindset. That she's seeing, you know, this person differently now. And this friend is now suggesting and inspired to get better and maybe the both of them can recover. Maybe we can make it together. Maybe they can both recover together. So that was my take. Hmm. Yeah, that was very interesting. Uh, very different from mine, but uh, I <laughs> I think I agree more with you than with myself, Sarah. So, yeah. <laughs> I'd like to explore the name Marie or Maria which is, you know, essentially a name for lady. It's a very common name. Mm-hmm. Um, it also brings the idea of uh, Lady Maria, what's uh, Holy Mary? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Holy Virgin Mary, Mary, right? Yeah. There's like some, the Virgin there's some Mary. Yeah. Virgin Mary. There's some uh, religious uh, reflection there. So um, I don't know. I'm starting to see more of uh, the, the whole sickness theme being in there and then like by the end it, it definitely it, it seems like someone not feeling worthy of someone else and then somewhere along the way this fear of loss and then instead of loss you get someone who's paralyzed or blinded or in some way has lost ability yeah it's, and then it the, sounds those last lines is, and, and urgent yeah and it's like we cope it's to pieces it's diligence of hope and I'm the worst kind of person. So where in the start of the song, he doesn't even, it, it, there's no, the narrator doesn't even feel like saying two words. Mm-hmm. Like it's not worth the other person's time. And yet after the whole ordeal of illness and sickness and the fear of loss, we end up with, but through your eyes, I'm a whole different size now. Maybe we can make it together. So it's almost like the other person was deconstructed to something less or had something happen to them that made them something less. Anyway, that was just my, my take as I, I heard you your take on it, Heather. Yeah. And uh, are we completely on the wayside? Yeah, like <laughs> are we, we are off on a completely different track and then now you're going to tell us exactly what's going on 
or are you just going to fill some holes or reinforce some of the things we've we've been talking about so far? Well, to be honest, my reading was a lot closer to what Oddvar had previously talked about. I read it more in a literal mm. sense. Um, okay. And as a summary, I would say this whole song is about a role reversal that happens when a sick person recovers from a long-term illness and now has to support their weakened, drained, exhausted caregiver um, who could be suffering from a condition called caregiver burnout. So this person uh, who has been taking care of the sick person is, you know, feeling worthless, helpless, hopeless towards the end of the song, as we mentioned. And that's a, a direct symptom of when you've spent every bit of energy you have taking care of a sick person, you have nothing left to give to anybody, especially yourself. Like you're um, pouring from a cup that has nothing left to pour out of it, you know? Um, if you've experienced any kind of burnout in your life, you know exactly what that feels like. Like at the moment in my life, I have, um, been out of work for almost a year because I was in a job that totally drained me of every last bit of energy that I had. And I'm not myself right now. So I'm working to get myself back to a place where I, my cup is full and I can, you know, pour from it again. So that's how I read the entire song. Um, there's reference to vaccine Maria often in the song. So it's a personification of this person, Maria being the cure for somebody else's sickness. So that's the narrator feeling like he's worthless and he needs the support from her now that she's healthy again. Um, in general, I would say that the story is just the, a relationship between this narrator and his partner and her sickness nearly killed her and left her blind. And I was thinking about people that I know in real life who have, you know, gone blind from an illness. And the one that stuck out to me is like related to diabetes. Um, sometimes you can have complications that do cloud over your eye. I had a coworker once who would wear an insulin pump. And one day she confessed to me that she was blind in one eye because uh, her diabetes had basically taken her uh, eyesight. And additionally, um, because I was hearing the sounds of um, like an ultrasound and a heartbeat uh, in the background of the hospitalization section, I read that to be there's the potential that there was a miscarriage or a pregnancy that didn't come to term as a result of the complications of this disease or illness. And so they're trying to deal with the stress of not being able to have a child as well. Um, and I don't see the child. Where do you see the child in? Okay, I'll get to that in a second. But um, there's a line that says we can't create. So if you take that to say, okay, it could be a creative block, that's fine. But if you look at it in a literal sense, they can't procreate. They can't conceive a child. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's, there's um, lots of references, as Maria was saying, to looking for answers, trying to find the truth of something, the reasons for why something happened, but being unable to find the truth and being unable to see things clearly, both literally and figuratively. And it's it's unclear where they go from where they are now. I mean, I, I'll take my words in. Like, I think there's more meaning here than Maria 
got on her first reading. Um, but it is interesting because I still think it fits in some fashion, right? Because uh, because a lot of the lyrics do feel like they're pulled out of somewhere and put in the song. Yeah. And when you put them together, yes, some sort of pattern is there. Something has probably been worked into it. Something's probably changed simply due to the way it sounded or something. Um, but there's definitely some sort of meaning there. Yeah. And it's really hard to ignore the fact that there are, it's called vaccine, there's references to hospital, and then all the the points like of 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 like um, retina right the the sight and the loss of sight and the loss of worth and self-worth and now like self losing self-worth can mean anything in in any in all kinds of songs right but in this thing it seems to specifically revolve around some sort of hospital trip um yeah if i'm and uh, trying to I'm, deal with it yeah sorry yeah uh, sorry i'm interrupting you but uh, i just feel like uh if I'm to guess here, I think the song started with the chorus being played backwards, and they heard the word vaccine, um, and they just maybe that built the song out of that and made like a built the lyrics out of it coming out like what they heard naturally. And so, although there are meanings in the lyrics, there are also you know words that are just thrown in there to fit. So it it looks like a random gathering of words that they have tried to string together kind of make some um, make poetic as well as has have some meaning so i feel like maria is right uh, about a lot of what she said although i feel like there there is more meaning here than what she said but also i probably listened to the song 20 times yesterday or the day before before i actually could find some meaning here so if I'm guessing she didn't listen that many times to it. Like, it took me a while to try to find something here. So, um, yeah, that's maybe why she couldn't find anything. But I mean, we listened to it a couple of times, and then she said, "Oh, yeah. I've definitely heard this song a lot more times." And I don't mm-hmm. know, like, when have I played this song for you? Because I don't like I don't play Mew that often on the big speakers when she's around. It's more of a personal thing in my headphones. Yeah, and she's like, "No, no, no." When we lived in Glasgow a few years ago. You played it a lot, and uh, the song, like when it's it's obviously connected with them. Like, oh, I've heard this before. So, um, besides a couple times there, and like obviously a lot in the past, um, I don't think she has much more to it. Um, but it's it's funny how we all have our perspective to it. Yeah, her perspective being theater and and using materials and and questioning material the use of materials um and always questioning things and that's what she sees and then it whatever she heard in the song reminded her of tim work here um in this book and then she brings that up and it just in my mind it made a lot of sense because that sounds totally like how mu would create a song with their with their instruments and their material so yeah mm-hmm yeah, it's a, it's fun to discuss and try to find some kind of theme here. Uh, and now we've heard like basically four different or five different versions of the yeah. lyrics, and so uh, yeah. and that that just means that you know the listener will probably have a completely different uh, meaning to him or her again. So it's not like we're yeah. I wonder yeah. and did, did were, were there any last things there that you you wanted to highlight? Well, sure. Yeah, I think yeah. We kind of interrupted um, you there. 
the part that really stuck out to me, like when this first came out and then, you know, all the way through the years is the section that says, where vaccine Maria fit Maria slowly searched the archless singing words. So that part feels like it was um, written in reverse and played backwards. And then the lyrics were transcribed as Jonas has described before. And I was like, what, what can this mean? It just, it sounds so weird. And the word archless is even hyphenated. Um, It's not like a single word. It's so weird. So I was like, okay, I need to deconstruct this a little bit. So I looked at what, what is an arch? And the definition of an arch is a curved symmetrical structure spanning an opening and typically supporting the weight of a bridge, roof, or wall above it. So if you take it to mean this person was looking through like lyrics, words, or verses, as in singing words, that would be lyrics, or like take it to mean like a Bible verse, they're looking for meaning in these words that have no support for the weight of the situation. So it could be that this entire thing was just an attempt to put words to something that had no meaning. They couldn't make meaning of it. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't find any kind of a, a meaning to fit in the, the trips part of that. That didn't make any sense to me at all. I, I still don't know what that means. Um, but is, is that even song? I feel like those those two lines specifically, don't worry, there were trips so easy, there were trips now. Yeah. I, I, I don't. I don't ever remember hearing those lines sung. Like yeah, it's because it it's so incoherent when when I yeah. hear. I, it. I always hear him say traps yeah. instead of trips. Oh, okay, yeah. But it is kind of one of those things that does flow into the background. It it sounds like it was you know played in reverse, and especially even when she has no wish for arms, like that sounds like something that would be reversed, and it's that is mm. such a weird line as well. Um, and I I had no like direct um, explanation for what that could be other than maybe it's metaphorical in that she doesn't want to be touched, hugged or supported. Like, you know, I'm, I'm dealing with this issue on my own Mm. and I want Mm. you to just keep your distance from me for a while because, you know, I'm so sick of having sympathy over this condition and it's, it's tiring. Um, And I mean, (laughs) there's also, it brought up this idea of this, body integrity identity disorder where people suffer from the desire to become an amputee like some people I was thinking like, the same thing like yeah. want their legs or arms hacked off because they feel like yeah. maybe their arm is an alien um limb and it doesn't actually belong to them like that that's a unknown mm-hmm. um mental condition that I some have people have never heard that before yeah. it's it's like it's, kind of the um, inverse of phantom limb pain you know when you have okay. something chopped off you can still feel it attached to you it's like Weird. while it's still attached to you it's like this doesn't belong to me i saw a short movie once um in, in glasgow we had a we have a friend who's uh, who had met this this girl uh, who d- d- a French girl who does did modeling as well. And she was found by this um, Scottish director who wanted to make a short movie and uh, asked her to to be part of it. And uh, the movie's story was essentially that there was this guy who wanted his his arm cut off, and her character was then supposed to do the cutting the arm off part. It was quite a, a raw and brutal hmm. film to to watch, and uh, yeah, we went to the premiere, and uh, yeah. 
Uh, there, there was someone who passed out. Um, <laughs> the, was it like back. a snuff film? Like, even though, sorry, was it like a snuff film kind of? Is it that visual? It was more of a. I, I think it might even be online somewhere. I'll see if I can find it. Okay. Uh, but it was. It was. If, if you've ever seen like a film school f- movie, yeah, like something mm. that really tries to be artistic and mm. say something and like have a very specific style. That was what it it felt like. Yeah. Um, very few words were said. Uh, it was all very, like, yeah, acted. Either way, that's a bit of a tangent, but... Yeah, now that you mentioned that it's a condition, I, I immediately thought of that, because always, again, I thought that movie was a bit peculiar. Like, there was an interesting concept that someone wants the limb cut off. Yeah. Um, but yeah, go on. <laughs> um, I think that pretty much covers everything that I was going to say. So wrapping up lyrics, we definitely dug deeper on the song that than I suspected we would. Personally, I had a feeling to, before I even we even started digging into the song that this was about some sort of illness. And now hearing you talk about and and was it you that mentioned diabetes mm-hmm. and like how that can be. Well, when you get hit by diabetes, I've heard like seen people in my my circles throughout life that has been hit by it too, right? And it, it's something that can hit quite suddenly, uh, and then now suddenly your life has just changed, and you have to take not medicine, but yeah, medicines essentially, and like injections, and and drink and eat in specific ways and such. It take, kind of takes control over your life, mm-hmm. and I, I I I personally start to see that, and I feel like that's what's going on. But then the method of creation, I think I'll I'll still stick with Maria that there's something about the radio porridge idea, and like he's he's played around with a lot of ideas and thoughts, and that ended up becoming these lyrics because it fit the melody and the concept they wanted to do. Um, there's definitely more to the song now than I thought, and uh, I'm I'm happy for it. Um, yeah, so I've always liked the song, but it wasn't one that stood out to me on the album that much. I'd sometimes skip it. I just There are better songs on the album, but now I feel like it's grown on me a lot just doing this analysis. And um, I find I found new things in the song that I hadn't heard before. Like in the chorus, when you got to bring it over, the feeling isn't over. The synth in the background, have you guys heard that part? Yes. I heard that before, so that that was really cool. And um, I I always miss the part where because it starts with a xylophone, right? Like, dun, dun, mm-hmm. dun, 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 and then by the end, it's a piano, mm, right? Yeah. That's yeah. So true. there's some sort of mix up that happens there. Yeah. I'm definitely gonna listen out for that heartbeat now, just like as in seething rain. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and yeah, I've, there's so many good parts of the lyrics that I really love, like. And that the part that we mentioned many times, you read nice clouded. We made a joke about it. It was funny, kind of. Whoa, I love that part. Yeah, it's maybe my favorite part of the of the song, and also the ending ending part when you know the beat changes and all that stuff. I really love that part. But yeah, now it's uh, probably one of my favorites on the album, and um, it made me probably love the whole album even more because now I've uh, yesterday I played the whole album and just really 
enjoyed it because it's been a while since I played the whole album from start to finish, so that was fun. And um, but yeah, uh, I wouldn't have thought that I have I would be able to find anything. I might be way off with my analysis, but uh, just that the fact that I actually found something that could be uh, was interesting to me. But yeah, uh, the, the reason why I like it is, is because it's such a big mystery as well. Like similar to uh, Seeding Rain, where, where that song was also a mystery to me. Like the fact that it hasn't been played live and it's just it seems like a very underrated song and, and people don't really talk about it much that kind of adds to the mystery for me um so i kind of like that about you know that song and to me like the lyrics are almost always secondary to the melody and the sound of the song uh, in my opinion so i don't really care that i haven't found out what the song is about i found it really interesting that all the opinions we shared here and uh, that was i don't think we have the answer here but i think we're onto something so yeah i've been in sort of a battle with this song since it came out you know it's been 10 years since this album came out and i've been trying to figure out what does this mean it just was driving me crazy for all this time and i feel like after you know really really putting my head down and trying to get into the lyrics, I finally got to a satisfactory explanation for what it could mean. And now it doesn't bother me anymore. So I can just kind of relax and listen to it and not have to spend mm. all of my energy, like focusing on what doesn't mean and rather just, you know, just enjoy the song for what it is. So I, I feel relieved after <laughs> doing our um, analysis today. And yeah, I, I enjoy the song. I, I think there's a lot of depth to it. And it does make you think a lot. I think it's just really interesting how, you know, Advar, how you were saying that, you know, after the five of us, including Maria, um, give our perspectives, how different they are. Mm-hmm. And especially given your opinion of what it was before and and what it is now, um, how diving into lyrics and diving into the music can really change your entire perception of a song. Personally, I've always loved it. Uh, it's always been a ten out of ten. Um, <laughs> but um, I, I've always I've always found the song super catchy. I I never delved into the lyrics very much. It's just kind of one of those things that I I sung and didn't think about. So now that we've discuss lyrics and you know i think one of the beautiful things is that there is no firm answer there is no you know at the end of it you know we all kind of agree on what it's about and i I think that's exactly what the band wanted is that when they put that music out there you know we take it and we make it our own Mm -hmm. yeah um i think this is one of those songs that does exactly that because most of the other episodes if not all of them we kind of come to the end of it and we agree that Like, okay, Mm -hmm. after discussing it, this is what it's about. Whereas I think this might be the first episode where we're like, I see where you're coming from, but I can't say that I fully agree. Right. Yeah. It's very interesting. And I think that's really cool. Yeah. Uh, I'm really surprised that you talk about this song as in, like, that that you have a sort of relationship with the song even prior to today. Like, for me, it was just one of those like a forgettable song in their back what? catalog like not really? not you you're not hearing what like <laughs> i'm not coming across like fully right this is not a hit song this would no. never be played on the radio mm-hmm. this would has never been played live it is not 
one you could sing along to. You uh, maybe if you really practiced and listened twenty times, <laughs> like dug in, read all the lyrics and all that, maybe you could follow along, right? Furthermore, there's nothing that really sticks out on the song. Like when I listen to the music and just hear it, I don't hear the experiment. What about the ending, put on though? introducing, put on introducing Palace players, and tell me that's not what an experiment from the start to finish. Oh, like you can hear it yeah. from the like that it's all offbeat and weird. Um, you and you could pick most of the songs of this album, and you can tell they were trying something very different. I've never felt that with this song. Like it's just yes, they had a xylophone. Yes, they built a rock song on it. And it just goes and it goes and then it ends and now I move on to sometimes life. No tricks 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 of, the tricks of the trade. Right? Like it moves on to the next song. So in that way it is forgettable to me. And I totally get why it's late on the album and why it's never been a single and like never had any attention on it, so to speak. Uh, so, but so for me, when you start talking about like, oh, it's a really interesting song. Oh, I've spent years trying to get it, and like, I've really haven't. <laughs> so that surprises me. Yeah. Um, I, I, from here on on, I'll probably look on it a little bit differently, and I will definitely need to listen to the whole album from start to finish soon because I need. I, I want to hear the album again. <laughs> yeah. It's made me want to really listen to the album again, especially with my new fancy speaker. I feel like now's a good time to end the episode. Uh, first, I'd like to give a little mention to our not-appearing guest, Tyler, and just say if any of you listeners out there have a story you want to share with us, uh, whether it be written or live recorded on a mic, uh, please send us an email to podcast at muex.info. Furthermore, I'd like to extend a little thank you to my missus, my better half, Maria, who joined us for a little, little bit there. And thank you, as always, for listening to this episode. We'll be back next Monday with yet another Mew track. So do follow us on social media, where our handle is MuxInfo, or as on our website, MuX.info, where you can find the lyrics for Vaccine, as well as fan art, music, videos, and much, much more. And finally, I want to say thank you to you guys for being awesome. Awesome, yeah. Yeah, thank you. We cracked yet another one. How does yeah. it, it feels great. Yeah, victory. Yeah. Anyway, here's a, a little bit of vaccine. <laughs>